Hey everyone and welcome to Age of Reason episode 30, finally at 30. Yes. With me today is Jeremy Deschner from the Japan Atheist Society. Glad to be back. It's been a while. Long time no see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? So um, a lot of you may know this. I, I, I run an, an uh, MMA site and an MMA uh, Facebook group and and um, along with the, a the Atheist Society of Japan. Uh, so those things keep me quite busy because um, Often there's lots of events here in Japan, that, and, and myself and my staff have to go out to those events and promote them and, and report on them in English so that the, the world can partake in what's happening here in Japan in, in sports. So that's not really related to atheism or sure, free sure. thinking, but it's a, just another one of my, my, uh, my social activities. I'm surprised actually how many people are into MMA. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm surprised how big the, the yeah. community is. It's it's huge, especially like um, Japan was basically where it, where it all started, right? So you you had like a big pro wrestling fan base here, and from from pro wrestling is where MMA was born, right? Mm -hmm. So not to get into too much history, but because I plan to do a podcast about this myself <laughs> right. later, but um, uh, back in you know in the fifties and sixties and seventies. Antonio Inoki would go around to different places and challenge people. He was a he's a huge pro wrestler. Uh, he's still alive now. He's he's a politician now in Japan. Mm -hmm. But he would go around and challenge different people. He'd challenge boxers. He'd challenge karate guys. He'd challenge judo guys. And basically, that was the the foundations of where MMA or mixed martial arts got its start. And uh, yeah, if you're ever interested in watching or learning about that, you can visit MMA uh, Japan and uh, check it out. And do you have your own uh, podcast related to that? Do you have a name of that podcast? Um, I have uh, Pancrase Radio, uh, which is a podcast that's available on iTunes and anywhere basically that, that you can find, you know, podcasts. Uh, in addition to that, we have, a, we have an atheist-related podcast as well called The Worldwide Atheist, and you can check that out for free as well. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Uh, all right. So today we're going to talk about uh, the Bible and we're going to talk about the Obama presidency. Now, okay. I've been wanting to do that for many months, but I wanted really to get you back on the show <laughs> to do that. OK. Uh, so uh, just a quick announcement. Mm -hmm. uh, the page might go on a hiatus between uh, July and September. The reason is I'm trying to write a book and I can't really do that if I'm doing uh, the page, if I'm running the page. So the show obviously stops anyway. But it takes a lot of time to research stuff. Uh, of course, you know that. Yes. Uh, you have to check things, and a lot of people will share fake news, and right. you have to go through that. Uh, it really takes a lot of effort. I can't do that if I'm trying to write a book. So we get a lot of feedback, especially if we ever put anything up that's not researched or or checked out. People will shit on us. <laughs> like, yes. It's like get an umbrella because you're gonna need yeah. it. Yeah. Because like people will go nuts. It's like. You just throw like a little scrap of food into a, a pit of animals and they yeah. just all attack, right? That's true, yeah. that's true. Yeah. But it's funny though, when religious people say nonsense, it's fine. It's true. Well, that's what their entire thought Shit process is, is yeah. based off of is nonsense. Right? Yep. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land? To fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not have been better for us to go back to Egypt? So he says, how long will these people despise me? How long will they not believe in me, in spite of all the signs I've given them? I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. I will make a greater nation, and they are mightier than you. Okay, so mm -hmm. basically he said, oh, I've given you a lot of signs to believe in me. <laughs> so he says, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then, then he says, like, if you don't believe me, I'm going to make a bigger, better nation to come and kick your ass. It's like, that's so childish. Yeah. And it's like uh, when you're a little kid and you're like, hey, JC, if you won't let me be in your club, I'm going to make a better club. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. and it's going to be better than yours, and I'm not going to let you in my club. You know, So it's just like really childish way of doing things. I'm going to just hop out of this for a second. Yep. Um, you Back in, in the numbers time, like there's a lot of stuff where like God's talking to people. So like, well, how did that work? It's just like suddenly you hear a voice and like you start looking around and like, hey, I want you to go do this. And then then you go do it without mm-hmm. even like going, um, what's happening? You know, mm-hmm. and like uh, maybe I should think about this before I, I do it. Or, you know, if you're really an almighty, you know, supernatural creature, you know, why don't you just do it do it yourself? Why yeah. do I have to go and do it? Right. Yeah. So but this guy is a third party. Right. It's, it's, it's like he, it's like Q from from like uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. He just comes around to mess with people, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? I don't understand why these people in this in this fictitious book just suddenly start listening to voices out of the air. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, we could, go, we could go even further down this rabbit hole. They keep calling this God, but they don't ever describe what is a God, mm. right? What, what qualities is, is a God? Because mm. if, you, if you take all the qualities that, that I think they're talking about, we can break those down scientifically and prove that there's no possible way that this could ever exist in right. nature right well god by definition is supernatural what is supernatural it's outside of the natural realm so for example <laughs> what's that what's, what's out give me one example of something outside the natural realm ghosts that's not an example because you can't you can't you can't prove that ghosts exist <laughs> exactly what, what is a ghost you know it's like people are like watching these scary movies and they're like Oh, a ghost is in my house. And yeah. then was, was watching me jerk off? What, yeah. What, yeah. What's it going to see, you know? <laughs> well, no one's ever had like a death by ghost on their, you know, on their death certificate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a ghost shows up in front of you. Ah, I'm a ghost. And you're just like, <laughs> Now you're a ghost of the black eye. Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> That's true. The ghosts always want you to get out, right? They're always going, get out. Of course, of course. I'm like, pay rent, bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get free. out. It's not free. Yeah. Yeah. Quit leaving ghost poops everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> if one person sins unintentionally, he shall offer a female goat a year old for a sin offering. Okay, so clear <laughs> discrimination. Why is it a female goat? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, but it goes on. It's not a pretty one. Well, of course. Yeah, you got to give them the ugly one. Of course. Yeah, you don't give them the pretty goats. Uh, pretty it, goats are for something else. <laughs> Back in those days. Yeah. Oh, it's still now. It's still now. It's still now. There's a country called New Zealand. Hi, New Zealand. While the people of Israel were in the wilderness, wilderness, I should say, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day, probably to make a fire or something. The man shall be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. Well, the desert has lots of sticks. I'm not familiar with stick in the desert cacti cacti well there's other stuff to burn really. sure but, i mean <clears throat> sticks okay they say they mention sticks so he's just walking along picking up stuff and then like these guys go yoink yep and they just grab him hey you're not supposed to pick up sticks on saturday mm. well technically if you guys are being police police is work so you're working on on the sabbath yeah right so you're walking around policing people that's work as well yep. yeah yeah uh, just there's a lot of like inconsistencies oh right? yeah yeah Basically, they bludgeon him to death. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back in those days, what did they do? They dig a hole yeah. up to you, and they bury you in, in the sand. Once again, they're in the desert. Right. And they leave your head sticking out of the sand. Then they give everyone rocks. There's probably rocks in the desert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, lots yeah. of rocks in the yeah. desert. 
That's that's believable. And then everyone <laughs> then everyone chucks rocks at this poor soul's face yeah. until he dies of being beaten to death. Right, right, right. On the Sabbath. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They probably murdered him on the Sabbath, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. There's a lot of murder in this book. Oh. They call it numbers. It should be murder by numbers. Yeah. There was a, a congregation of 250 chiefs, which apparently are so, is a thing. Mm. Yeah. So 250 chiefs. Why do you need so many chiefs? Okay. And they assembled together uh, against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You've gone too far. <laughs> For all this in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Then why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Aaron and Moses fell on their face again. Curse flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time in this book, they're talking about Aaron and Moses keep falling on their yeah. face. Every passage, Aaron and Moses fall on their face. Very clumsy guys. It's getting really creative now. Okay, the earth opens its mouth. I didn't know it had one. And swallowed them <laughs> and their households. And then uh, all the people who belonged to Korah and all their goods. So it ate, the earth ate them. Hmm. Yeah. So they and all their belongings with them went down into Sheol, which is probably hell. Yep. And the earth closed around them uh, and they perished in the midst of the assembly. And all that were in Israel fled and cried, and they were scared that the earth was going to eat them too. Okay, so now the earth eats people. <laughs> so well, how, do you, where do you, how do you escape the earth? Well, it could be a sinkhole in theory. It I could mean, be a sinkhole, but I mean, or maybe it just didn't happen. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, like I just said, it could be a sinkhole, mm. and this is what some religious people do. They try to find some kind of justification right. for this text, right? right. So it's really like uh, trying to fit a Cinderella's shoe on an elephant's foot true, true. using a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it most likely didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, the earth was like, mm, we'll have one of these. <laughs> and then some of their goods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is all the people of Korah, like all of the right, people. Right. Like, the 250 chiefs we're causing some shit. Yeah. And then all the people are like, in Korah are like going, no, 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 shh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> the earth, it's opening its mouth and it's all your fault it's gonna yeah. eat us yeah so all those people got fucked because of those 250 chiefs right yeah right it says well god is talking here and he says take aaron and eleazar his son and bring them up to mount hor and strip aaron of his garments and oh. put them on eleazar his son and aaron shall be gathered to his people and shall die there moses did as the lord commanded what an asshole and they went up Mount Hor in the sight of, of the whole congregation, and Moses stripped Aaron of his garments. So Moses took down, stripped down his <laughs> elder brother, he took his okay, pants off, yeah. and put them on Eleazar, his son. Wow! So this dirty kind of underwear. <laughs> now oh, Eleazar has yeah. to wear that. Put these on. No. <laughs> and Aaron died there on top of the mountain. So this is very reminiscent of the Abraham killing his son story. Yeah. Well, you know. Fratnicide and murder are not, not too uncommon in the Bible. No, not yeah. at all. No. So th this is another brother killing a brother. That's how the whole book started out, right? Abel kills... Cain Kill well, uh, kills true. Abel, right? That's very true, yeah. And then God made him into a vampire. Yeah. Moses could have said something to Aaron. Like, you know, hey, Aaron, we're going up on the mountain. You want to put a helmet on or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> not looking good for you, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And could you wear these easy to take off clothes? Why, this is getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he ask me to wear these like clothes that you can just take off? Yeah. Yeah. Wear some clean undies there and you don't want to have any dirty undies up there. What is he good at? What's he getting at? So weird. Because yeah, they're just going up the mountain to kill his brother. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Uh, for there is no food, there is no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then God sent fiery serpents among the people. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they bit the people. Could have moved. <laughs> it's like you couldn't, you couldn't see the fire coming towards you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at this neat fire looking shaped like a snake. Maybe I'll stand close to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and it says, many of people of Israel died. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten uh, shall see it and they shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, which is not what he said. He said, mm-hmm. make, a, make a fiery serpent. Moses, you ass. Uh, he put it on a pole, and the serpent. Uh, and if the serpent bit anyone, he looked upon the bronze serpent and lived. These people yeah. died, right? And right. then somehow magically, this bronze serpent bites them again, and they come back to life. How does that work? And it's on a pole, right? Yeah. So does it, does it, <laughs> they all lining up to walk by the serpent. Goes, ah! <laughs> 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 the next next guy, ah, I don't want to go. You have to go. <laughs> you realize we can see the fiery serpents, right? They're not right. sneaking up on anyone. <laughs> Ridiculous. And this part it, it, in particular, it's so made up. Come on. It's so fucking made up. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb. I mean, how is the, what, what, under what mechanism is a bronze snake saving people? Mm. Hey, look at my my lucky rabbit's foot. My lucky rabbit's foot makes you feel better. And yeah. I mean, you can set the snake on fire, but then it would die. Yeah. So I, I it... saw on Facebook one time a snake that had tried to eat like a porcupine or whatever, and the and the porcupine in this last stitch effort shot its quills throughout the mm-hmm. snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the snake looked miserable, man. It mm. was dying. Yeah, you can't set things on fire and expect them to live. Well, people eat snakes. Well, I'm from Texas. I know this. Yeah. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, we eat snakes all the time. Just, just to see one sniddle sliding around. Just yeah. eat it like, like, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. That was uh, that was a lot of c- crap. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of bullshit, man. Like, snakes. Fiery snakes. Suck my dick. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Obama presidency. Obama. So before I even jump to the notes, I have to say something. It's so interesting to me to read comments in general Mm -hmm. about Obama. And it seems to me that people go to two opposite angles all the time. Right. So either Obama is like the greatest president ever Mm -hmm. or he's the worst president ever. Right. And it seems to me because of this culture we have in America that we only have two parties and usually everything is presented as a Pascal's wager, false dichotomy, right. always two choices. People tend to think like that. Right. Generally speaking, the world's not always black and white. Like it's, you mentioned, it's, it's, it's just never a false dichotomy. Yeah. Right? So a lot of these people, especially evangelistic Christian people, will say, if you're not doing this, then you have to be this. Yeah. That's not necessarily true, right? You know, if you, if, if you don't want to be part of either, you can just kind of ride in the middle, like the gray Jedi or whatever. You know, just you don't have to, you don't have to go down either path. It's not black or white. Sometimes there's a third choice. Sometimes yeah, there's, yeah. you know, there's a multiple uh, choices. Multiple yeah. choices. D, none of the above. You yeah. Know? I recently read on a on a comment. Ah, well, you don't believe in Jesus, so you believe in Allah then. Ugh. Yeah, I believe in Allah. Sure, whatever, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
I believe that there's a book about him. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe in I believe in all of the same way I believe in Luke Skywalker. All right, there's there's a story <laughs> about him. Cool. Or Spider Man. Spider Man, right? Whatever. There's tons of tons of evidence about you know Chris, evangel evangelical Christian evidence. Uh, you know, of, of the existence of Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. they talk about New York. They talk about like, right. you know, uh, you know, Town Square. You know, they you know they talk about all the stuff in gangsters, gangsters, and police, police and, yeah, yeah in, that's you know, real. Buildings that buildings that we know exist. You yeah. know, that then then Superman. I mean, Spider-Man must be real. Right. Right. right by that by that logic. Right, logic. Yeah. yeah. I try to find as many facts as possible. Of course, I know we are all susceptible to fall into fake news from time to time. Mm -hmm. But I really try to do my best. If I find some fake news in here, please correct me in the comments. I'm by no means perfect. He was inaugurated in uh, 2009. Uh, he passed the Reinvestment Act and American Recovery Act, which uh, economists agree today was way too small mm -hmm. for what was required. It should have been three times bigger, but he never got the money. Uh, he passed Obamacare into law, and that's perhaps his biggest achievement, but it has a lot of issues right. still. But having said that, he's the first president that actually changed something in right. the system True. that hasn't changed for decades and right. nobody wanted to touch it. So, yeah, it's not perfect, but we need to, to move into uh, some kind of direction. Yeah. And by the way, U.S. is the only developed nation that does not have universal health care, right. which is very important to mention. Well, I mean, I like, in this case, I like, to, I like to look at it like a darts analogy. You can just huck a dart. Mm -hmm. I mean, not everyone hits a bullseye, but mm -hmm. I mean, if you, after you've t thrown like three darts, you start to learn how to like, you know, to hone in on that one spot, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he made the first move. A first move is not going to be perfect. Okay, yeah. we've got Obamacare. There's tons of problems with that. It's forcing people to buy insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So someone's going to benefit off that. So sure. what, we, what I think we should do is not repeal it, but, you know, fix it. Yeah. Chisel away. Make it, make it into something perfect. But uh, I definitely th agree that we needed that first step. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He allowed gay marriage and pot. But my thing with that is that I think it would have happened anyway. He just yeah. happened to be there at the time, kind of rode the wave of popularism. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that... I mean, the president is not a king. Right. There's a lot of things happening at state level True. without the president saying something. Right. So he has veto power. He has, yeah. He has veto power. He can stop something, you know, from, from becoming a law. So, you know, it, but... Uh, but states have a lot of power. States so do have quite a bit of power, yeah. He, of course, uh, talked to Cuba and other countries, which I think is great. We should talk to other nations. We should not shut down and not yeah. talk to people. You know, basically, everybody wants money. So um, money trumps everything. So you, whatever your ideology is or whatever, if you l teach those people, oh, we can do business together and everyone can make some money here, you know, we can improve our lives, you know, that generally trumps everything. Oh, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. back in the old days, what people would do is they'd have a certain ideology. Oh, we're freedom fighters. We're capitalists. You know, we're only going to do what we want to do, blah, blah, blah. So we're not going to talk to Cuba anymore. 50 years goes by. Everyone who was alive back at those times is probably gone by now mm -hmm, or, or mm -hmm. close to it. Castro just recently died, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but our generation, people our age, they're, they're like, you know, what's going on over there? I want to see what these guys yeah. got over there. You know, they, got, they seem like they got some cool stuff over there. Why don't we just see if we can negotiate some business with these people? Which I think, like you said before, Obama was just in the right place at the right time, and he was able to pull that off. Right, right. right. We talked about Reagan and how he basically let loose on the street all the men mentally Ill, Ill people, yeah. and that's still causing problems today I mean I think Reagan's one of the worst presidents the United States has ever I agree. had yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean for gun control he basically you know after he got shot 
Yeah. <laughs> he, he was like, mm, there might be something behind this gun control. And I think, you know, he might have enacted some, like, some rules that that didn't allow automatic weapons, fully automatic weapons or whatever on the street. I think those are, have, at one point, had been bounced back the other mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. And then they might, I'm not sure where they stand now because... I am not in a position where I need a gun. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't live the life that facilitates gun use. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. So yeah. there's a lot of things I don't know about gun control, but I, I think that um, it's always going to be a problem. Yep. Income disparities have become so pronounced that America's top 10% now average nearly nine times as much income as the bottom 90%. The top 1% of America's income earners have more than doubled their share of the nation's income since the middle of the 20th century. American top 1% incomes peaked in the late 1920s. If you understand anything about economy, I'll just give you the basics, right? The, basically, the sitting president does not have a lot to do with the economy at the time they are sitting. Their, their decisions make the economy in the future, 8 to 10 years after, they're, true, after yeah. they're finished, you know, makes changes there. So basically everything that, that was up to where Obama was sitting was probably from the Carter, Reagan, Clinton mm -hmm. era, era. Yeah, yeah, and then he yeah. got in and he made some decisions that we'll probably see later on in our lives, yeah. right? So economy is not really an easy way to judge how a president is doing. Yeah. I mean, there, there are small factors in the economy, like um, if, if they raise the tax rate or if they add some you know, you know, costs to here and there or if they, if they over budget certain things. Yes, that affects the economy, but the overall economy, like we're talking about, is definitely not by the sitting president. Inequality in America is growing even at the top. The nation's highest 0.1% of income earners have, over recent decades, seen their incomes rise much faster than the rest of the top 1%. Incomes in this top 0.1% increased 7.5 times between 73 and 2007. So again, this is before Obama, mm. okay? So this is up to uh, the end of Bush presidency. Uh, but you can see in the graph, though, that uh, it's, it's still going up, unfortunately. The top 1% are doing pretty well, whereas the bottom 20% have pretty much stagnated. Mm. And that's what they talk about all the time, actually. Right. Ah, the CEO pay. That's my favorite. Okay. So the CEOs in America are mm. fucking rich bastards. Yeah. And, you know, there are, of course, some... They're not, like, all evil or something like right. that. Of course, people like Bill Gates do a lot of good... Right. Uh, Warren even, Buffett. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. But a lot of them are just basically kind of cunts. Coke brothers, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and so um, I break it down for you. They're cunts. <laughs> yeah. Simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of them didn't earn earn their position in the, in the company. They kind of this like. That's true. Um, if you if you if you want to equate it to to the television show Survivor, they played a social game. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't use strategy to win. Mm -hmm. They played a social game, and, and and they just made friends with this guy, made friends with this guy, went to lunch with this guy, bought this guy a, a bag of cocaine, you know, whatever. Right, right, you know, right, and just right. played this little social game. And I, I've worked in the finance industry, and I've and I've seen this happen. And people who who get promotions are not necessarily always the people who deserve it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. CEO to worker ratio. Well, in I think 2014. It was 335 times. Mm -hmm. So the CEO makes 335 times what the average worker does. Right. If that's not robbery, I don't know what is. So let's do some simple math. I mean, yep. if you make $10 an hour, yep. they make 330 times more? Right. That's like, what? how much is that? Well, that would be 330 bucks an hour. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's an entire year for, for right. poor families, right? Right. If you make $33,000 a year, 
you're poor. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. especially if you got kids, because what happens in, in those cases is people who are poor generally have a lot more children for some reason, right? Because yeah, yeah, they don't yeah, have yeah. nothing to do, so they sit home and fuck. So, <laughs> so that's all they do, right? Try raising babies, like multiple babies, right? On, on a minimum wage. On a minimum right. wage or $33,000 a year. It goes back to the perception of reality. Americans might think they know how bad inequality is, but it turns out they actually have no idea. A new study conducted at Harvard's, Harvard Business School found that Americans believe CEOs make roughly 30 times what the average worker makes in the U.S., when in actuality they are making more than 350 times the average worker. 50 times. Americans drastically underestimate the gap in actual incomes between CEOs and workers. What kind of job justifies these kind of obscene salaries? I don't know. What is he doing? Yeah. I mean, because I see the CEO, he doesn't do dick. He just mm. sits around in his office. Maybe it works half a day. Here's a question for yeah. you. So a lot of these rich, really rich folks, mm -hmm. they actually don't work at all. They have like, they hire maybe two, three people. Right. And these people actually play on the stock market. Right. So in my opinion, actually, stock market is so fucking illegal to way to make money. I mean, mm. it's, I think it's, in my opinion, stock market, the little guy always loses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because if you're going to, if you take your little hundred dollars. Well, you don't have any insiders. No, no. You take your little hundred dollars and you, you invest it. You might as well just give it to me and let me go right. buy some beer. Just, at least I'll share my beer with you. Right. You right. know, at least you get something out of it. Mm. But if you take it and invest, you know, your small amount of money into the stock market, it'll be there. It'll go up and down. Ooh, look at all the pretty graphs and stuff. And then eventually at the end of seven <laughs> years, they go, yoink. Yep. And they just take it, right? Yep. And uh, these guys, they can take it a year or two years or three years worth of, of, of a normal person's salary right. and go, oh, I'm going to invest this in, in this. Right. Because, like you said, they have insider information. Especially the Congress. People in Congress yes. are, uh, can't even be charged for insider trading. Yeah. People in the private... Well, because they write the laws. Right. People in the, people <laughs> in the private sector, if you work at a bank and you hear two dudes talking about something and your ear perks up and you, you go and invest, you know, you get on your phone and you invest in yeah. that, you can actually get busted for insider trading. Yeah, yeah. So when you work at a bank, you have to let you have to let HR know exactly what you've invested in, what are your what are your current holdings or whatever. And they, they keep an eye on that. Mm -hmm. They don't want you moving any of your stuff, right? Because if you heard any information and you suddenly move something and you suddenly gain, like you become a millionaire, mm -hmm. alarms go off. Yep, yep. But Congress people, eh-eh. Congress people are like, oh, we're good. We, we can do insider trading. These CEOs, same thing. They have people on the inside saying, look, I got some, I got some word down the pipe. I can't move on it because HR is right. watching me, but right. you're my buddy and, uh, you know, I'll let you know this information and you go ahead and invest on that. And then turnaround's fair play. So later on, if the situation's reversed, they're going to help their friends out. So it's, it's, it's a buddy system and it's oh, yeah. insider trading. It's, it's, it's all incestuous. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. The common people what they'll try to get you in investing is equity and equity you keep for a long period of time and over a period of time it makes that little up and down movement up and down movement yep. if you're lucky you paid this much here and it ends up being worth this much here right. if you're lucky right and this is where politics takes place right so if a law changes in between you buying your your pay stocks down here uh, the law changes maybe your pay stocks end up up here or maybe they're worth a hundred dollars now yeah yeah but it works in the opposite way as well so now your penny stocks are worthless. Right, you know, there there right. could be that kind of outcome as well. Yep. Which is what I meant. You know, little guy always which loses. most of the time happens, right? Yeah. If you compare the uh, CEO ratio to other nations, well, in America, it's 350 to 1. Yeah. Uh, in Japan, we're in Japan, it's 67, which uh, 
is still a bit too high in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what, what level is exactly acceptable, but if you really want my opinion, probably like 40 to 50 is, is probably the maximum I would allow. Right. Not more than that. I mean, I'm not for capitalizing. I'm not, I don't think we should cap people's earning potential. I should. I think we should. Um, different difference of opinion <laughs> there. Maybe we'll just have to agree to disagree, but I, I think people should be allowed to earn as much as possible. However, I think situations that we're in, like where people are earning minimum wage, that's got to be dealt with. People who don't have health insurance. I think, I like the idea, it may be kind of a, a pipe dream, but if you earn more, you pay more tax. That's kind of how it's supposed mm -hmm, to be, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're earning a lot more, you should pay a lot more in tax. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't think you should cap what people make. Right? Mm -hmm. I, think, I think we should, we should budget, budget our economy so that people on the lower level, even though they're struggling, they don't have to make uh, a wage that's not livable. The thing is like right now we have a runaway capitalist system and people totally abuse it. Right. And we have people who are super rich and we have people who are mega poor, uh, who live on the streets basically, who have yeah. nothing at all. And you know, we always talk about, well, let's help Iraq, let's help Afghanistan, but we have people in our own country that are suffering without, like you said, right. without healthcare, without education, right. uh, people in Flint dying from lead in the water. Look at history. Over history, when you've had mega rich people and super poor people, what happens? French Revolution. Revolutions. Right, yeah, revolutions right. happen. I'm not going to say that is going to happen in America. I hope not. I hope no one gets hurt. But I'm saying, looking at history, this has always been the case, right? You can't have uh, a super rich and super poor. There's got to be something in the middle. You want to mm. get out. You want to have a good society. You can't. You can have capital. You can have capitalism. You mm -hmm. can have social things like social medicine. Like sure, 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 look sure. at Canada. Canada is doing fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Japan too. Japan too. Uh, so, but the thing is, if you want to, if you want to help out the world, you want to help out your country. Joe Rogan said it first, and I agree with him. You got to take out all the losers. You got to get the losers out of the equation. Mm -hmm. You know, and everyone goes, oh, if you give people free education, there's going to be people who just sit back and collect money. Yeah, there probably are going to be that little percent of people who do that. Well, fuck them. But, but the, the point is, the, most, the majority of people, if you give them an opportunity, yep. they want to work. Yeah. You know, the, the average person wants to work hard. Yeah. And if you give them the opportunity here, man, just try. And whatever you do, you're gonna, you know, your, your effort is going to determine your, your, your outcome. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, most I people, is, yeah. I think, really would try hard if you give them the opportunity. Yeah. I don't think that everyone's going to sit at home with Cheeto fingers, you yeah, know, just yeah. sitting on their on their mom's sofa playing video games. There might be a few guys that do that, but those those are just people you you can't help no matter how how much you try. That's what Mitt Romney said. We're fifty percent of our country who are just takers, just takers. I, I disagree with him. Mitt, well, of course I do. Yeah. yeah Mitt, Mitt Romney. I, I I'm still on board with the idea of him being a robot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. not a human being he's really a robot <laughs> with, with human skin so if he, like if he, he goes in the back he takes his face off yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and he sets it and he gets in a back to tank and he just floats there yeah, yeah like, <laughs> he still wears magic underwear yeah that's true he wears magic bulletproof yeah, underwear yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's another graph here which is pretty interesting uh, in the last uh, 30 years the top 10% uh, wage has yeah. gone by about $500 whereas the median and the bottom 10% 
have not increased much. Actually, the bottom 10% decreased. So again, politicians love to uh, talk about jobs and productivity. It's such great bullshit buzzwords. Both of things they don't they don't have or they don't right. do. <laughs> they right. don't do a job, they don't have any productivity. Exactly. Yeah. So they complain about the productivity. Oh, our productivity is so low. Well, actually, in the last 40 years, the productivity has gone up 140%. Mm. It's a lot of overtime. That's a lot of overtime. And guess what? The hourly compensation has not increased at all. Yeah, that sucks. Fucking bastards. Yeah. Fucking bastards. That means they want you to do free overtime. Yeah. Yeah. You don't mind sitting around the office for a little bit longer. We're not going to pay you. Yep. But we'd like you to finish this, you know. Right, yeah, right. yeah. And here's my work too. <laughs> and uh, that graph is related to union membership. So Reagan, of course, was very popular for union busting, like yeah. we talked on the show. Yeah. Union membership was at its peak in the 40s and 50s, and then it went into a decline under Reagan especially. You can see it here on the graph. So the top 10 income share, again, has gone up. But the union membership, 2007, now we're down to about 11%. That's bad. Obviously, we yeah. need more people in union. We need more workers' voices out there. Right. And if they're not represented, the system takes advantage of them. Here in Japan, that was interesting because they do have a workers' union. Yes. Uh, they have one for English teachers. I think they have a common one for like uh, office workers like myself, IT guys, you know, uh, project managers. Um, I actually uh, joined the union one time, and they're actually pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, sometimes in Japan or whatever, when you work at a company, they try to mess you around. Like, they'll, they'll say, like, this is this is a contract. This is our standard contract, like I mentioned before. But there's there's hours, overtime you have to work, but you can't be compensated for them, which um, 10 years ago was the norm. Mm -hmm. But recently, that's become super illegal. Well, I mean, look at the uh, at France. France has very strong unions. They always go on protests. Right. Everybody's on the street always, <laughs> <laughs> always, uh, always. But but they but it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. For me, what is interesting is that they always bragged about the amount of jobs created. Oh, we created like eight million jobs. Well, right. okay, great. What kind of jobs did you create? Because they never talk about that. It's a good point. I mean, what kind of jobs, right? I mean, did you create like five million of that? Was like kind of McDonald's jobs or something like that? Well, no, nobody Roosevelt, really that. Roosevelt did that as well. I mean, that was the whole, the whole New Deal part, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, but probably the same the same situation. They they do road construction, right? So that makes if you're going to do a road construction, there's guys that wave flags, there's guys yeah, who yeah, dig, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. guys who pour cement. Yep, those are all jobs. Sure, and those sure. all go in those numbers. Right? Sure. So that's what you're saying. Are, are these are these McDonald's jobs? Are these uh, you know road construction jobs? Are they laying yeah. railroad tracks? I'd or? like to see a breakdown of yeah. that. Poverty rate has gone up 1.6 points. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. The uninsured went down by 15 million. So that I think this is because of Obamacare, and yeah. of course Trump is gonna is gonna go back on that. Well, he says he's going to. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna have a hard time doing it. Yeah. Because basically, if you take Insurance well, in and healthcare away from people, you're murdering people, yes, bro. Yes. Because there's people that like rely on that to live. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Right. So you're gonna be, you're gonna, history's not gonna be kind to you if you, no. if you end up murdering millions and millions of people. Hmm. Who else in history has done that? Who else <laughs> in history has murdered millions and millions <laughs> yeah. of people? Just think about that for a second. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. History's not kind to him either. No. no yeah. So no. Um, uh, I think. Obama, I mean, Obama did fine with the with the Obamacare. Trump, Cheeto Jesus, is not going to do fine. Mm. He's not going to be able to repeal it. Mm. Just like his travel ban. 
He's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to ban all Muslims. Well, right. how do you know someone's a Muslim? Yeah. What if they come and they're dressed? What if I come dressed in like <laughs> traditional Muslim garb just because I want to? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. No, Muslim? Yeah. I don't believe in shit. <laughs> like, do you, do you, are you a Muslim? Yeah. No, bro. I don't believe in shit. Yeah. Yeah. But um, how do you tell someone's a Muslim? You smell them? Do you look at them? Uh, yeah. You, you poke them? <laughs> Feels Muslimy. Yeah. He's Muslimy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So no, just uh, his travel ban didn't work. No. His repeal for Obamacare not going to work. So, so that that is going to do well in the House because they control the House, but it's going to fail in the Senate. So yeah. It has to pass the Senate. That's right. So. All right. Anyway, consumer prices have gone up twelve percent. Well, that sucks. Yeah, but I mean that's that's going to happen. Yeah, inflation. I mean, inflation. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, real weekly earnings have only gone up 3%. Mm. Mm. Food stamp recipients have gone up 42%. So that's a lot of people in food stamps. Okay. But that, that's, a, that's a number we have to qualify, right? Yes. What, what's From which? Yeah, from which, yeah. which di you know, has the population increased by yeah, X percent? Slightly, slightly. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, now there's a lot more people. Yeah. Uh, um, mm. You know, uh, has... has has money been taken away from education? So now you have people with poorer educations yeah, yeah. who can't get jobs. You know, there's, there's, these numbers need to be qualified. And, yeah. and you can't just say, oh, this has gone, uh, food stamps have gone up 40%. People will freak out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the, yeah, all yeah. the racist people who follow me on Facebook, you know, I got a lot. Boy, yeah. I got a lot. They, 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 they will. Um, the food stamp the, president, oh, yeah, right? The Obama's just giving away money, the yeah. food stamp president. Right. Uh, you're, not, you're not really qualifying your numbers, bro. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Corporate profits have gone up 175%. The economy, of course, has gone up a lot. Uh, the debt held by the public has gone up 107%. The petroleum imports have gone down, but the U.S. production has gone up 90%. Uh, wind and solar have gone up 250%. That's cool. Uh, I'll go back to the oil in a second. So this is an interesting part here. President Obama is walking a fine line in calling attention to the surge of oil production during his presidency for two reasons. One is that he wants to be known as a president who took decisive action on climate change. But presiding over a huge surge of oil production isn't exactly synonymous with combating climate change. Unless, of course, you couch the issue in terms of reduction in oil imports, and then it sounds kind of like a positive for climate change. Okay. But I think the other reason President Obama doesn't spend more time beating the drama on this crude oil production surge is that it is readily apparent that it happened despite his administration and not because of it. President Obama coincidentally happened to enter office just as the shale oil boom in the U.S. was getting started. Which so, goes yeah. back to what we were saying before. Right. It doesn't really matter about the sitting president. That was all before him. You have to qu qualify the, uh, or quantify things. Quantify the numbers, yep. yeah. This is interesting because... Uh, Trump especially goes, oh, we have to save the coal jobs. We have so many coal jobs in the country. Uh, well, actually, we only have 86,000 coal jobs in the country. It's not very many. It's not very many. And if I uh, tell you 370,000, and that's solar. Right. Well, that's where the jobs are. Right. And the fucking idiot is living in the past right. on fossil fuels, where most of the jobs are moving to solar. Hey, we need people to put panels on roofs. I right. mean, it's not going to put itself. Right. Or we need to make solar plants in, in deserts somewhere. Correct. It needs Correct. a lot of people. Wait, Coal wait. is a dying industry. It's a dirty industry. Right. And people think also the other fallacy they make is, oh, those people are going to lose their jobs. No, most of them are probably going to be retrained work in the solar industry right well i mean if you're working in coal you probably have other skills as well it's not like yeah, you have yeah. just one skill yeah. oh, all i can do is swing this pickaxe <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm but you're a capable person and you can do other things yeah 
even if you swing a pickaxe, pickaxe, you can do mining. You can do mining of other things. Yep. You can mine minerals. You know, there's there's lots of things you can do besides get coal out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of what we were talking about before. The the people evangel evangelicals. Uh, they they think things are black or white. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they, they don't understand that there's option C, D, mm -hmm, E, and sometimes mm -hmm, F. Right? Mm -hmm. You can choose something else. Even wind has a hundred thousand workers. Even that has more workers than coal. Yeah. How pathetic is that? Yeah. Coal is last century or the century before. It's you know. It's dying. It's dying. It's... We gotta we gotta move forward. Yeah. Right. The middle class is uh, still decreasing, and this is still despite the efforts of Obama. In the six years through 2013, over the recession and recovery that has spanned Obama's tenure, jobs have been added at the top and the bottom of the wage scale, a Reuters analysis of labor mm. statistics shows. In the middle, the economy has shed positions, whether in traditional trades like machining or electric electrical work, white-collar jobs or human resources, or technical ones like computer operators. Well, if you work in, in the low end of the job, again, this is probably like McDonald's, stuff like that, very manual labor, right. factory worker, right. stuff like that. In the middle, that's the thing, like in the middle class, a lot of the jobs are being replaced by automation. Right. This is going to so happen. This has been gonna happening happen. forever. It's inevitable. Right. I mean, uh, the old guys who used to stand in a production line, those, those jobs are gone. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Even, you know, <clears throat> this is an argument that people say all the time. Like They say, oh, all the manufacturing jobs have been taken out of the United States. Okay, let's bring them back to the United States. You know what? They're not going to be like they used to be because mm -hmm. you're not going to find people who will work for the wages that they want to pay. Right. And they're also, you know, they're, you're not going to find people who who want to stand in line, yeah. you know, and go like this all day, yep. this all day, this all day. You know, you're not going to find these people anymore yeah. in the United States. Times have changed. Yeah, machine is going to do machine's that. Machine's going to do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. It's easier to invest in a machine than then pay someone, you know, who's, who has a potential, they want days off, they're going to be sick, they're going to yeah. have babies, you know, uh, they might have an injury and sue you on, on yeah. the job. You know, a machine, if, if you use it correctly, it's going to last for years. Yeah. They're talking about some kind of a, a company that makes carpets. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, we can produce a whole lot of new carpet with mm -hmm. not a lot more people, Anderson said. Companies have spent between $1.5 and $2 billion on retooling and innovation, reducing demand for labor while higher and average regional unemployment continue to hold down wages, he said. You don't see a lot of people, you know, threading a loom these days. Right. I mean, there are some places that still do, but sure, sure, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure like maybe a hundred years ago, that was the only way to make fabric. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, it's all automated now. Right. Everything's going to become that. Right. Yeah. The forces at work in the American economy appear so entrenched that Obama may be remembered as the president who pulled the nation from its worst downturn since the Great Depression, but failed to arrest deepening economic inequality. Between 2010 and 2013, as recovery took hold and stock markets soared, the average net worth of families in the top 40% of income earners grew, for all other average net worth shrank, declining 19% for the middle fifth. This goes back to what we were talking about just a second ago. The economy's changing. Yes. <clears throat> so older skills that you used to have before are no longer valuable anymore. Like in, in, the, in, the, in the Depression times, they had guys walking around sharpening knives. They had, there was a guy with a cart who walked around yeah, 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 yeah. Sh sharpening scissors and sharpening knives. Yep. Literally, you don't have that anymore. That yeah. job is gone. Yeah. Milkman. When was the last time you saw a milkman? I've I've never seen one. They, they didn't have one when I was when I was born. Right. Right. But I went to England. Well, I'll take that back. When I went to England, they have milk delivery. They do. They do. Yeah, they, yeah. But I mean, where I'm from, uh, you know, Texas, Chicago, California, those kind of areas, you go into the store and buy milk. You yeah, don't yeah, have yeah, it delivered. Yeah. yeah. 
those kind of jobs are just gone. Yeah. yeah. Or car factories, right? Yeah. I mean, before you, you had the guy who put the door or... Yeah. Now it, That's it, manufacturing, it, yeah. This, the, those yeah. jobs have all been overseas. Yeah. Uh, and, and if a human being is still doing it, they're doing it for much, much less than what a person in the US, United States would charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because, uh, you know, they're just, just the facts of life. They, yeah. they, they have lower standard of living, so they'll, they'll work for less. As Obama was president, you know, all, all of these things happened, and they said, did he... Did he get us out of the worst depression since mm. since the Great Depression. He he only had basically two years to do all this because mm. after this after his first uh, term, uh, I think the in the, the middle of uh, or middle or the end of his second term, Congress all became Republican. Yeah, so he yeah. was kind of his, his hands were tied at that yeah. point and he couldn't do anymore. Yeah. So uh, I think just really, you know, blaming it all or saying he did it all, giving him all the credit, it's it's not really um, is not really honest. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He he could only do so much before yeah. before his hands got tied, and also in four years in office, you can only do so much. Yeah. yeah. Over the six years through 2013, the middle fifth average annual family earnings fell to 47,000 from 53,000, while their average net worth dropped to 170,000 from 236,000. Now we're going to talk a little bit about war because, well, unfortunately, despite he won, I think, two Nobel Peace Prizes, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. he sure waged a lot of wars. And he drawn the shit out of people. drawn a lot of people, right. Yeah. This conversation happens before Obama, but it's just interesting because it shows how some people at the top of our military, in, in the military branch, think about the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. They actually don't give a shit. No, they check, don't. check this out. So this is uh, General Wesley Clark, and he's talking about, uh, well, 9-11 period. He says, I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the German staff who used to work for me. And one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you've got to come in and talk to me for a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no, he says, we've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq. That was about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq? Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He said... Because fuck them, that's why. Right. Yeah. He said, listen to this, I guess they don't know what else to do. So I said, well, did they find some information connecting Saddam to Al-Qaeda? He said, no, no, there's nothing new on that front, that way. They just made this decision to go to war with Iraq. I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military. And we can take out governments. Mm. Let's take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. Okay, this guy is a, is a general. Yeah. Which means really, really removed from reality. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. and also mm. he's telling us a story of a person that told him something, and we have no way of verifying this actually ever happened. Yeah. I, I really think that at that time, that guy didn't know that was going to happen. I don't think that it's like throw war plans around the White House telling everybody, you know, you know, because if if that happened, we would have would have gotten to the news. They would they would have talked about it. Mm. Yeah, I don't think these guys are just like walking around the office going, "Hey, we're going to war with Iraq." Mm. Yeah. When I remember that period, I do remember actually the U.S. was pretty quick to uh, turn its eyes on Iraq. It took a while to start because yeah. they went to the U.N. or no, not right, the right, U.S. Right, right. with. Uh, I'm, I'm mixing up my wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking so the first wars. Gulf War. Yeah. There's so many wars. Yeah. I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were already bombing in Afghanistan. 
And I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He reached over on his desk. He picked up a piece of paper and he said, I just got this memo from upstairs, <laughs> meaning the Secretary of Defense Office today. And he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years. Surely not classified. Okay, but check this out. Starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off with Iran. I am so aware that Iran is something they want to get so bad. It's yeah. always they talk about Iran, Iran, Iran. But, you know, really no one's ever successfully attacked Iran except for the Mongols. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that was, <clears throat> what, you know, that was a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, I, so uh, just remember these countries. Just, just bear them in mind. I'll go back to it in a second. It's okay. very important. Go ahead. He's talking about Iran here. Okay, so he says they're building up their own network of influence and to cement it, they occasionally give some military assistance and training and advice, either directly or indirectly to both the insurgents and to the militias. And in that sense, it's not exactly parallel because there has been, I believe, continuous Iranian engagement, some of it legitimate, some of it illegitimate. This is so funny to me to, to read this mm -hmm. because... It's as if America does not do that at all. So oh. we're criticizing Iran <laughs> yeah. for giving training to people. We trained the Iraqi army. We, right. We're training the Afghan police. We've been doing this since Vietnam. Since Vietnam, yeah. exactly. And yeah. the, by the way, the Iraq army, we trained, we, well, we trained them. I think we trained uh, Al-Qaeda as well. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, in the 80s, of course. right? Of course. Yeah, yeah it was of all course. Right. We trained the Iraqi military and when ISIS popped up, remember that? When mm. they showed up and they, they fucking threw down their weapons and ran. Right. So that's the people we trained. Yeah. Oh, and in Syria, remember that? We uh. were trying to find some uh, militia. We were trying to train some people to fight there. And like seven people showed up to register <laughs> or something. Yeah. Oh, come on, please. <laughs> it's because they said there'd be free cake. Yeah. If you <laughs> guns and cake. Excuse me, I heard there would be cake here today. Yeah. Uh, we don't have cake. <laughs> <laughs> Just up in Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. This is Jill Stein. Uh, Jill Stein, of course, she's the uh, Green Party candidate who was, seems to always run for president. Uh, anyway, she tweeted at one point, countries bombed, Obama 7, Bush 4. At the time, the U.S. on Obama's watch had bombed Afghanistan, Iraq, Pakistan, Somalia, Yemen, Libya, and Syria. The drones, right? President right. Obama did reduce the number of U.S. soldiers fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq. Well, because he was smart enough to understand that you don't need giant armies to take out some dudes who live in uh, tents or caves. Skynet, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just yeah. it's like created the Terminator universe. Pretty much. Yeah, just actually, like yeah. just attacks them with a computer, a robot. But he dramatically expanded the air wars and the use of special operations forces around the globe. In 2016, U.S. special operators could be found in 70% of the world's nations. If that's not an empire, I don't know what is. 138 countries, a staggering jump of 130% since the days of the Bush administration. Looking back at the President Obama legacy, the Council of Foreign Relations added up the Defense Department data on airstrike and made a startling revelation. In 2016 alone, the Obama administration dropped at least 26,171 bombs. This means that every day last year, the U.S. military blasted combatants or civilians overseas with 72 bombs. That's three bombs every hour, 24 hours a day. 
okay, so this thing in Manchester happened, uh, in London it happened before, this terrorist, right? Right. And we always, and the media always conveniently never says why this fucking happens. Right, well. Uh, and they always blame, actually, the terrorists, and they always paint themselves as the victims. Mm. And uh, I have a friend, uh, he, I think he served in Vietnam, and he says, well, during Vietnam, the war was very reported. And people back home knew exactly what's happening every day. Well, you know who ended that, right? George yes. Bush. George Bush. Yes. He, he said you couldn't like uh, show bodies. Yes. Yeah, and you couldn't show coffins returning back. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. basically, <clears throat> you can show only the cool parts, the shit that we do good. Right, Sh shooting things. Yeah, and... every once in a while you see somebody pop and go pop, 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 yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you get down there. Yeah, we're good, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But you don't see 18-year-old... You know, private Ryan with half his body blown off, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The wars, especially in the last, let's say, five years, have mm. been so underreported mm. that I think some people think nothing's happening anymore yeah. because they never hear about it. That's true. Oh, but then London happened. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. All right, look, let's have some perspective here. Not for one second I defend the actions of terrorists. These people are cowards. At least if they attack a military installation, well, at least they're fighting against soldiers. They're killing fucking civilians. Well, in this case, they're killing little girls. Yeah, in the, the yeah, that concert. Which is right. completely gross. It's, yeah. it's despicable. Yeah. But please have some perspective. The U.S. and Russia, by the way, mm -hmm. Russia has bombed Syria to all hell. Mm -hmm. We are creating terrorists because we are bombing these people. Just imagine you have uh, a bomb who we dropped by accident on a hospital and it happened. Mm -hmm. Some kid who just saw his father torn to shreds by shrapnel. Mm -hmm. Do you think this kid is going to grow up to be an engineer or a, a fucking astrophysicist? No, what's going to happen no. is that, that kid's going to have emotional problems yes. and he's going to be withdrawn yes and then that's the kind of person that these people uh, uh, you know draw in yes exactly Cults, cultish kind yes. of uh hey i know how you're feeling man come over here and why don't you we're all the same you know and then why don't you just put this little jacket on and right hold right. that button down and walk right. over there yeah right yeah that that's exactly who they're looking for they're looking yeah, for yeah, the yeah. weak they're looking for the damage the injury traumatic the trauma yeah yeah, yeah the trauma yeah. the, the people who have traumatic injuries you know or you know yeah depression so, I, look, I, I don't know what the solution is. This is a problem that even goes back to, to the Soviets because they, they, they invaded Afghanistan. Uh, it gave the, the Muslim world uh, a reason to fight the invading infidel, okay? So, mm. a uh, what happens in war is that a lot of civilians die. And it's so funny to me that b back then they were called casualties of war or civilian casualties right okay uh well collateral damage well okay that came later really okay yes so okay let's take just casualty of war okay that language is very important very okay. important casualty is something we associate with bad right war obviously association association is bad okay I'll casualty of war mm -hmm. bad okay okay now check this out now we're going to invent a new word collateral damage okay wow doesn't right. sound as bad does it no it means like something you didn't mean to be damaged was damaged yeah yeah so you see language is very important i know the way that that one side is thinking i'm not necessarily saying i agree <clears throat> with it but one side is saying if a lot of people die 
those people who are left can change their government. Yeah. They can have a revolution and stop it from happening yeah. and put a new government in place and that yep. new government can negotiate with the U.S. That's what they're thinking on that side. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually a, a viable solution or not, but that, I know that's what they're thinking. If I was living in, in Iraq, for example, well, luckily I don't, but if I was, I would be pretty pissed off after 9-11. So what happens is uh, some idiots from Saudi Arabia, because mm -hmm. they were proven to be from Saudi Arabia, so they blew up the world. A lot of them were, yeah. Uh, the majority. The majority were. So they blew up the World Trade Center, right? Okay, horrible tragedy. Uh, well, worst tragedy. Right. The first time in 1993 and then, then in 2001. Well, I'm especially talking about the 2001. That yeah. was the most deadly one. Right. Okay, so that happens and we invade Iraq. What the hell happened there? Like, who's thinking? Oh, in Saudi Arabia, by the way, we never touched them. We just sold them weapons just a few days ago. Yeah, billions of dollars. sold them more weapons. Yeah. And we sold also weapons to Qatar. So Trump said, oh, Qatar is a great haven for terrorism. Ah, but, but oh, let's sell They probably need guns there to fight the terrorists. Terrorists won't get these guns. Yeah, right. The problem is like, who do, who, how do we know who the terrorists are? Well, how do we know who gets those guns? Once we give also it to them, that too, yeah. we give the gun to the guy A, and we don't know what he's going to do once he has right. all of them, right? It's like uh, in martial arts, we say, oh, martial arts should never be used aggressively or, t you know, or used to hurt people. Mm. Uh, I, I think that once you teach somebody something, you don't know how they're going to go out and use oh, yeah, it. Yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah. how they're going to go out. Every time you buy a, a handgun, the, the guy behind the counter doesn't tell you, hey, Whatever you do, don't go out and do any crimes with this gun I'm selling you. Yeah. He doesn't know how you're going to use that that ability to kill people later. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no there's no way to tell. The way to get around that is don't don't sell them guns. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a rocket scientist, but, <laughs> yeah. but hey, how about we don't give the bad guys guns? Yeah. Yeah. FYI, you know, we talk about this in a, in a very compressed format. I mean, right. if we really want to talk in depth, we probably need uh, to talk every day for a week or something like right. that. We don't right. have the time. So right. it's very compressed. Obviously, some things we leave out. Uh, the last thing I want to mention is the NSA disclosure, Edward Snowden, of course. Uh, that happened in uh, June 2013. Okay, again, some pe very polarizing figure for some reason. Some people really think he's a traitor. Some people think he's a hero. I think he's a hero. I agree. Because... Because, very simple reason, the government was hiding information on purpose from, from people. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, they were, it's not just that, because some information needs to be hidden, okay? I get I it. I mean, you, yeah. you, not everybody should have the means to make a nuclear bomb in their right. basement, okay? Right. Although you, you probably could Google that. A four, a 14, <laughs> I was going to say a 14-year-old kid actually made a nuclear reactor in well, his basement. That's well, a whole different show. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so... They were collecting information on you or me, on every American, any kind of information, all, all, mm -hmm. all stuff on Facebook, mm -hmm. who has a relationship with, with who. Right. All of that information was being collected right. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But you never know later, you get accused of something that you might have said some years ago or you might have tweeted something. Right, you, get, and you drunk tweet something, you. unless you're the president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what do you think about Snowden, actually, Yeah, in general? Um, I think what he did was very brave, and he threw his life away. We'll see, yeah. how, we'll see how history you know, treats him. Um, at the end of the Obama presidency, since we're talking about that, he let that guy who did the WikiLeaks go. He pardoned her sentence. And then um, I don't understand why he didn't pardon Snowden's sentence because hmm. what Snowden did was in was in 
in my opinion, was truly patriotic because mm. he tried to support the people of America. You yeah. know, in the Constitution, when you when you sign up for the military, it says you will defend the Constitution against foreign and internal. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. You know, uh, enemies. Yes. And that's all he did. He was defending the the Constitution of the United States. Right? They were they were illegally gathering information. Right. Secret information uh, against its own people. Right. And that can't be good. Yeah. No. So I think I think Obama should have probably said, "Hey, Snowden, you know, come on, uh, you know, you're 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 good." Yeah. He should be. He should be immune from prosecution. I think in, being the president in general is is a is a job that nobody really wants. Mm. I mean, it's it's for the 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 backlash that you get and the the money you get. It's not really worth it, right? I think their their salary is four hundred thousand dollars a year, mm. which is not as much as the CEOs that we mentioned before sure, were making, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so mm. uh, I think that it's a thankless job. But I mean, well, I mean, it should not be about the money. Remember what we talked about before, right? Uh, uh, politics used to be a service, yeah, and now it's a career. Yeah, it, it should be a service, right? Yeah, you should do that in uh, in service to the country. You shouldn't do it as a career. Um, I think Obama did the best that he could with what he had, and um, the repercussions, like I mentioned before, the repercussions of the Obama administration won't be felt until many years from now. Mm. So uh, it's, it's a little bit too early for us to say whether he was the great president or bad president. Um, he's a normal human being who made the decisions based on the data that he had in front of him at the time. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I could have done any better. Yeah. I think I think Trump is a piece of crap, but uh, do you think he he's would, just a bad human being? Well, yeah. yeah. Do you think he would have done better if he was white? I don't. Know, I don't know how race has any effect on. The job you do, well, I think it had a huge effect on on the way that especially the Republicans viewed him. I, I hope that's not the case. Uh, I, I I personally don't judge people by the color of their skin, so of course, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think I think that uh, if they do that, that says a lot about their character or lack thereof. Uh, that's kind of sad if they do that. The Republican is kind of a white white party mostly. Mm. I well, mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to recover from the Trump presidency. Though. Yeah, that's going to be a hard one to come back from. But you see, that depends on who the Democrats put forward. I mean, I really want to see a progressive candidate. Well, the Democrats shot themselves in the foot. They did absolutely. Yeah, they, they totally shot themselves in the foot. They they fucked over Bernie Sanders in the yep. in, in the in the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, that came to light. That came. That information came out. Um, I think Sanders Sanders could have beat Trump easily. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> You can't put Clinton in front. She's got so much baggage, and she's not, she's not pretty to look at. And neither is Trump, but I mean, yeah, I mean, she, just listening to her talk, her voice. She's not a good public speaker. Mm. Uh, she, she doesn't come from the people. You know, mm. she she goes to talk to like a you know women a women's group wearing a fifteen hundred dollar dress or whatever. You know, yeah. something that normal people just don't have access to, you know, who, who buys a $1,500 dress? Right? Their whole campaigns were different. Bernie was always going out talking to the people, right. and she was always busy giving those dinners. Yeah, well, well she got paid $250,000 for it, but there's speeches. no transcript of the speeches, right. which tells me those speeches never took place. Yeah. She just got money. Right. Yeah. I have a policy on my page now to ban anybody who specifically shares misinformation about climate change. I'm sorry, but my page is not for that. If you want to have this kind of weird debates, please have it somewhere else. Um, right. I am susceptible, like I said, sometimes to 
fall to fake news. Unfortunately, we all are. I try to limit that percentage as much as possible. But when it comes to climate change, I have reliable information uh, that comes through climate scientists who already fact-checked it and everything. So understand me, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I just want real factual information. So that's that's one thing. Second thing, uh, I just designed some new shirts. Cool. Uh, there's one actually about climate change, kind of funny one, I think. Uh, if you can, please support me, please get them. I can definitely use the help to replace some equipment or stuff like that. It's not free. Okay, anyway, uh, like I said, I might go on a break, complete break from July to the end of September. I'll let you know as it goes. And uh, the next show will be in October either way. That's all. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks for watching. See you. Bye.